0: Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the song Baby Grand featuring Sir Ray Charles. Maybe grand is the fifth track and final song on side one of Billy's 10th studio album entitled the bridge. It was the fourth and final single released off the album on March of 1987. The song went to only number 75 on the pop charts, but peaked at number three on the billboard adult contemporary charts on May 9th, 1987 after spending 15 weeks on the charts in our 121 songs in the New York Magazine article 2015, Christopher Bonano's. What does he rank it, Elon? Baby Grand.
0: Well, I'm going to use deductive reasoning here because to me, this song is similar to All My Life, which he put at number 12, if I recall correctly. So I think he likes this kind of Billy Joel song, and I'm going to put this up high for him at um,
1: 35. You are figuring him out very well. He has it even higher at 23. <laughs>
0: That was too extreme. I almost went into the 20s. I said, no, this guy isn't that crazy.
1: Outstanding deduction, though. The 2017 Newsday article, they have it at 33, which is still big. But the fans rank it at 65. And I'd probably rank it even lower than that.
0: Yeah, I'd put it in the 70s or 80s. Um, And I understand why these journalists put it up high, because Ray Charles is a legend and it's good for what it is. But I think as a fan, this isn't really what we're listening to when we want Billy Joel And so it's got to be, it's good for what it is, but it's just not going to be in the top half of his
1: catalog. The Glenn Gamboa from the Newsday says something very interesting. He says, because I didn't even think about this. He says in his entire career, Joel has only collaborated with a handful of artists outside his band. This duet with Ray Charles makes you wish he did more of them. A stunning, soulful ballad that is a fitting addition to both of their legendary careers. That does make a lot of sense. I never even thought about that before. uh, It's interesting, the bridge, is his only collaboration with people in the sense of Ray Charles and Cyndi Lauper. And that's it, unless I'm mistaken.
0: Yeah, that's all I can think of also. But then again, a lot of rock stars didn't do collaborations with other artists. That wasn't always a thing that people did.
1: Yes, I suppose you're right, because it's so popular nowadays that you think about it. But I don't know. I feel like, well, I don't know. I feel like everybody did at least once, I guess. And Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty and Don Henley and people like that are... I guess. Yeah, but you're, you're naming it.
0: things that happened in the eighties, which is when he was doing these also. But for his earlier career, it would have been a little odd to say, here's Piano Man
1: featuring two chains. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think, what is your reasoning for why he did, like, how did he hook up this with Ray Charles? Do you know?
0: Yeah, the story is that um, he named his daughter Alexa Ray, with Ray being named after Ray Charles. And then Quincy Jones found out about that. And he was like a mutual friend with Phil Ramone. And Ray Charles found out and said, hey, I'd love to do some work with Billy Joel. And the word got back to Billy. And Billy wrote this song in one night.
1: See, I don't think that story is correct. I think a lot of it is correct. And first of all, it's not funny. I, I didn't realize he named his daughter after Ray Charles. Now it all makes sense. And he named, but he, the main name is from the uh, Amazon app. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty good foreshadowing. But I feel this, and for sure, the Cyndi Lauper collaboration on this particular album stems from We Are The World, where Ray Charles was and Cindy Lauper. And after that, he collaborated with these two bozos. <laughs> I thought that'd be funny to call Ray Charles. But no, after that, he collaborated with, you know, there was, I remember him saying, uh, I met all these people at We Are The World when we recorded We Are The World. And I believe that's where the collaboration comes from. It doesn't make sense. If that was in 1985, how would he have not met Ray Charles before? I mean, Ray Charles was there at that We Are the World taping, but was he not?
0: Yeah, but maybe that's why Ray even knew who Billy Joel was. That's yeah, how they um, met. And then later, Ray was like, oh, he named his kid after me. Let's do a song together.
1: I was just surprised that wasn't part of the the story that we met at We Are the World. I, I haven't checked on the Cyndi Lauper one when we get to Code of Silence yet, but I'm Pretty sure that's how he got involved with her. I just assumed because they were both at the We Are the Worlds, the exact same timeline that they all met at We Are the World. And maybe that's what sparked Billy Joel saying, you know, maybe I didn't get to meet him, whatever. I don't know, because he did look like he was in another room when you watch the video. <laughs> but perhaps that's what inspired him to, you know, even give him a call.
0: Yeah. So it's for in your mind, it's kind of like the 2008 US men's basketball team where LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch all got together. At this other event and then said, let's join together on a team and ruin the NBA for a few years.
1: (laughs) That is exactly what I'm saying. Yes. But isn't it fascinating that he was able to write this song in one night? How dare he?
0: It's just when you have that creative inspiration, sometimes things just come to you. He compared this, the writing of this to New York State of Mind, which I think was also just kind of came to him
1: real quick. Right. And he played it. It's supposed to sound like George on my mind, which makes a lot of sense. He was writing it for Ray Charles. And I believe that what you were saying that he called Ray Charles said, yeah, I'd I'd like to do something if you have the right song. I mean, I don't know who this guy is. He should be grateful to be recording with Billy Joel at this point in his career. It's not like he he was a a hit factory. Ray Charles, you know, back in the 80s, he should be like, yeah, whatever you want. That sounds great because you always put out a lot of hits. So he's like, yeah, if you got the right song, I may listen to it. But isn't that funny? The Billy Joel's like, I think I have the right song for you. That's perfect. And then it turns out Ray Charles, obviously he liked it, but he loved it because then when he would go in concert, he would play this song.
0: Well, he probably would play it because it was his only hit that he had in the last 25 years at that point.
1: Exactly my point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. Ray Charles is like this legend and he was able to, Billy was able to channel exactly what a Ray Charles song sounds like. And Ray Charles for most of his career was more into arranging other people's music, not really writing his own music after the fifties. So this was totally in his wheelhouse of like, here's a song that was written for him. He gave it his own little Ray Charles twist in the studio and it, it worked for the two of them.
1: Have you, I know you did. Did you see some of the other videos? First of all, have you seen the videos with his daughter singing along?
0: Yeah. I've seen the two um, live performances where they duet Alexa and Billy. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool.
1: It is cool. And it's funny. Cause I was thinking, well, This is an odd song that they always seem to do together, but then, like we just said, he doesn't have any other duets, so this is it. You can't do Code of Silence because that's too, I guess, sexy to do with your daughter, (laughs) so that's it. There's only two to choose from. I always thought they could probably do You May Be Right because there's some kind of She Could Answer the Questions you know, or something like that. I think that'd be more fun, but...
0: Yeah, it would be fun to hear them sing a more fun song together. But this does seem like it's in her wheelhouse um, vocally. Like it, it just works. The two of them together on this song works. Meanwhile,
1: a lot. you heard what I heard where he does an unbelievable impression of Ray Charles, where I actually thought they were piping in his voice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he tells a story that when he first sang it for Ray Charles, he sang it like in his normal voice, and then Ray kind of also did like just a normal like white guy voice on his part. (laughs) So then Billy did the next take, like actually singing like Ray Charles, and then Ray Charles brought in the real Ray Charles, and it got way better.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting song in the sense of uh, using a, a loving a legend like Ray Charles, and it's kind of fun. But like you say, it's it's really not a Billy Joel song, and and it wasn't made. And it's funny he put this on the bridge, but it does actually fit on that album because then i think of big man on mulberry street and songs like that that just aren't normal i feel like billy joel album song so this album was quite different in the sense that it, it's kind of a mix of a bunch of stuff which uh i don't know whether it all is in a cohesive structure it's a strange album
0: yeah, but Billy even said that it belonged on the bridge because it was kind of like the bridge between like this legend Ray Charles and Billy, and they, their their bridge was that they both played piano, and and so he he was thinking in terms of like how it, it
1: works. It's a bridge. Yeah, that does make sense. I I know a lot of the critics were mixed in what they liked about the song. Some didn't like it. I mean, there is a a scathing article in the Jerusalem Post that. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to start off with that. Actually, this guy says it's a small pleasure. The guy from the Jerusalem Post, who everybody is, you know, like, gee, I hope the guy from the Jerusalem Post likes it. Yeah,
0: it goes like Rolling Stone, Jerusalem Post, and then everything else. Right.
1: <laughs> you know what also I notice is that when he does the song in Russia, he counts off. When does he count off? I, I don't know, at the beginning of the song. like, And it doesn't make any sense. Remember how we are always talking about countdowns in his songs? Yeah. Well, in Russia, he counts this song off, but... It doesn't make any sense. This isn't a song. You go, one, two, three, four. Yeah. It's like very weird. It's called Baby Grand. One, two, three, four.
0: It's a false count off. He thinks you're going to get into a matter of trust or something fun. And then all of a sudden it's just Baby Grand. And the whole crowd is like,
1: oh. And I probably go around my apartment uh, singing this one line like since that time, like just like like being autistic, and I just always go, It's for women. <laughs> I just <laughs> always sing that line all the time.
0: If you would just ask me, that could have been your trivia question. What one line from this song does Dave Jesskow sing around his apartment? And that would have definitely been my guess.
1: Yeah. Many times in the shower, I just go, Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's my favorite part of the song. Also, they, you know, they mention only songs like these played in minor keys, which we talk about all the time. Of course, the saddest of all keys, the minor keys.
0: Did you hear the demo version of this song? I don't think so. Where is that located? I found it on, uh, there's an Instagram account called Rare Billy Joel, and they they posted the demo version. Actually, it was the very first post of the whole account, which is strange, a strange way to start. But um, they have a lot of good content on there. You guys should check it out. But anyway, the demo version, you know, Billy's singing it in his Ray Charles voice, and it sounds very much like the the final version, with the exception of in the final version during the bridge of the song, when Billy sings, they say that no one's going to play this on the radio, and then Ray Charles says, I don't believe that. That ad lib was not in the demo, so that was just Ray Charles bringing his own little banter to the song, which is pretty cool.
1: That was my favorite part of the song. They say that no one's going to play this on the radio. What? I don't believe that. And they're like, like, cut, cut. He's talking again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the I, official video of this song is really fascinating, actually, because it's just them in the studio recording it, which Billy has done on other official videos. But to see Ray Charles's process, I think, is really cool.
1: Yeah, it starts off with them just talking and sitting at the piano and going over it. And then it cuts into the video. It is really cool. You're absolutely right. And obviously they made it a bit. I can't believe they released the song as a single. I guess I remember that. But, uh, you know, like when they says it's, they'll never play this on the radio and. That's how huge Billy Joel is. He got yeah, I think, to play a song like this on the radio. I
0: think this became a single because he just thought, well, this will go to other types of radio, like not to my usual like pop and rock radio, but this will go off to like the jazz and standards radio and maybe there it'll gain some traction, which it did. My other thing that I was always thinking about was how does someone like Ray
1: Charles learn lyrics? I was thinking the same thing. What about when he inducts Billy Joel into the Hall of Fame? He can't write a speech out. I mean, I don't know whether you saw on the video he's using Braille to sing the lyrics.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't realize, it. and then I saw the video, which is that's what's awesome about it. You see, he's got the Braille on this little podium, and that and that's the way. Which is good if he's just singing, but as a piano player, if he's live in concert. His hands are busy, so he just got to remember this stuff.
1: I'm fascinated by it. Let alone, like you said, when when we or when you see him induct Billy Joel into the Hall of Fame, which was another amazing thing that I guess came out of this as well that Ray Charles inducted Billy Joel into the hall of fame, rock and roll hall of fame. You know, he's got to memorize that whole speech in his head. You know, he's just got to make it up. He can't write it down. I mean, I guess he could use the braille, but I, I, he didn't. I
0: didn't watch that video,
1: but was it where his hands
0: like, do you think he was using
1: braille? I don't No, I think he was just saying it because it's not, you know, it's not put together because he's trying to remember stuff. And I, sometimes we forget about that when these guys are playing piano, And they're singing at the same time. They just have to remember all this stuff. I I believe Sting always says he has a teleprompter down on some of his older songs. (laughs) I can't remember. I could never remember any of that stuff. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah. Paul McCartney also, he uses a teleprompter now for Beatles songs. And you got to wonder, like for Stevie Wonder, he just has
1: to remember 50 years of his own music when he's out there. That's right. Because I just saw Stevie Wonder live about five years ago. And he was singing, playing the entire catalog from Songs in the Key of Life. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> how do you remember all that stuff?
0: I guess when you lose one sense, your sense of memory just gets enhanced and you can do it. That is a thing. So I'm a young guy and I mainly got into Ray Charles because of his Diet Pepsi commercials in, in the early 90s. Do you remember those? I do. They, which were They were huge. It was like a huge thing at the time. But uh, I did some research on Wikipedia and I read that Ray Charles back in the 40s, he started performing professionally at nightclubs uh, when he was 14 years old for $4 a night, which sounded terrible. And then I read that in today's dollars, that's $40 a night, which uh, as comedians in 2021, we make $25 for a set. So Ray Charles, 75 years ago, was doing better than comedians today. He had it pretty good.
1: What an embarrassment for all of us. (laughs)
0: I don't know what he had the blues about. This guy was living in large with $4 a night. So in terms of live performances, Billy Joel has played this song 66 times. It's his 49th most played song. But almost all of those performances were on his tours in 1986 and 1987. And since 1990, he's only played it five times.
1: Oh, that's what I was going to say. So he was playing it when the album was fresh and it was a single. So. It's an odd statistic to it's normal. It all makes sense.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's actually lower than I thought. I would have thought more than five times because sometimes he does like to play these slow kind of numbers in his set. But no, I guess I'm saying it's
1: a normal for what he was playing in 86 that he played it so many times because that's from your new album. You get excited about that kind of stuff. But I think it makes sense that he wouldn't play it in concert very much. Right. And if, if Ray Charles isn't around. Yeah. What's the deal with that? I saw
0: him and Ray. I haven't played it in concert since 2004. Do they have a falling out? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they don't like each other. Something about it. I, don't, I can't imagine. I really hope they could reconcile. I feel like Alexa Ray should like talk to both of them and, and get them to because I mean, where's Ray Charles been? He hasn't done anything in like 15 years.
1: Nobody's seen him in 15 years. It's weird. What a recluse. Yeah.
0: Not only has nobody seen him, he's seen nobody. <laughs> he's blind, people. <laughs> so this, this is going to I don't know how you feel about Ray Charles, but this is going to really rile you up. I don't care. Okay, so Billy Joel has said that Ray Charles is like his biggest influence vocally, and he said that he has tried to sound like Ray Charles by smoking
1: cigarettes. Oh, boy. See, what an idiot. You know, you know, that does rile me up. I mean, Right, because
0: you've said multiple times that you don't like how Billy's voice has gone in later years because of his smoking of cigarettes.
1: No. And the thing is, if he's trying to say like Ray Charles, then sing like Ray Charles. Don't try and sing with your pretty voice that doesn't exist anymore because you've been smoking cigarettes. That's why I don't like all my life. Thank you. If he had sang all my life with the Ray Charles voice, we could say, oh, maybe that's well, that's interesting. You know, but he was trying to use his old 1976 voice.
0: Right. Which had naturally become
1: the Ray Charles voice. Yeah, whatever. But it's not.
0: Well, it's time for the trivia portion of our show.
1: Dave, do you have a good stumper for me? Yeah, I have one. I think it's okay. What other piano keyboard legend sang about a piano in a duet five years earlier? Okay, so it's a duet from
0: 1981. 81, 82. 81, 82. Piano legend. Is it Elton John? No. Saying about a piano. Yeah, but I can't think of any songs about pianos.
1: Well, it's a, it's a loaded question, but it does work. It's The answer is Stevie Wonder, and it's Ebony and Ivory. So technically, <laughs> it is uh, a piano legend or keyboard legend, and Ebony and Ivory is about the piano keys as well as the ultimate message, of course. Right. Here's the thing I was going to say uh, about this guy from the Atlanta Journal when Baby Grand came out. He said, a much better collaboration is Joel and Ray Charles on Baby Grand. Sure, it's a little schmaltzy and overwrought, but compared to Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney's Ebony and Ivory, it's practically high art. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. But yeah, there's another. Uh, I, we had mentioned Stevie Wonder in it, so I thought you might get it. I was trying to mix it up.
0: Yeah, it threw me off. I, I wouldn't think of that as a piano song, but I, I do get what you're saying. It's about the well, keys. I
1: was trying to throw you off.
0: You did it. I'm trying to make a puzzler for you. Well, that's good. That's that's the point. We want to make these difficult. I think mine's kind of difficult, but maybe you'd get this actually. Let's see. Because you're a big TV fan. True. So my question is... Manics. Rake... Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what what TV show starts with the letter M and ends with the letter X?
1: Maddox! Correct. <laughs>
0: So Ray Charles has appeared in multiple TV shows, usually as himself and always as a single episode cameo. But what 90s sitcom did Ray appear in as a recurring guest star in four total episodes?
1: I'm going to go with The Cosby Show. That is not correct. Okay. All right. Damn. Because I know Stevie Wonder was in an episode of The Cosby Show, but he was just in one. Oh, wait, wait. I know the answer, I think. I kind of remember. Is it Evening Shade? Or is it Designing Women! <laughs> no, because that takes place in Georgia. I thought maybe that was a thing. I'm being honest. I don't.
0: You're no, no. That's a, yeah. That's a good guess. Um, you're getting but closer to the answer yet. I won't. It's not that. It's really. A, it's a mid mid '90s sitcom. I, I can I tell you would. more about his role in in the show. All right, give me a little something. Okay, so he played the fiance of the main character's grandmother.
1: Is it Hannah Montana? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Damn it, I I don't know. I give up. Okay, it was the nanny. I You know, I watched that show almost nightly, and I haven't seen an episode with Ray Charles yet. I've seen one with Greg Rogel that I talk about all the time, <laughs> our comedian friend. Gee, I do watch that show a lot, and I had no idea. How did she get Ray Charles? Who the hell is Fran Drescher to be calling Ray Charles? Well, I guess if you say, we'd like to give you a story arc, I guess he's going to be like, all right.
0: Yeah, she, they were the first show to ever do that. Instead of just saying, you to just pop in and be Ray Charles for a few minutes. Exactly. It was in the last two seasons. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe you haven't gotten to. No, the end I, I just yet.
1: watched the last episode and then I watched the pilot. That's what I do. And I just don't remember him being in it. But he, so he married Yetta.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they actually got married or if they were just a, if he was they just a fiance. Dating. I didn't and watch you know, the show. So I only know this from looking at episode synopses. Online. Yetta
1: is the the next door neighbor in the Dick Van Dyke show. That's right. I wrote that down also. She played Millie. Oh, I knew that. Well, that was a good one. Damn it. I'm upset with myself that I didn't know. I obviously, you know, if I'm going to guess the Maud theme ripoff on our Ain't No Crime and Blossom and that's at the, that's without looking stuff up, Elon, obviously nobody's, that's not recorded anywhere. You'd think. But no Ray Charles appeared on The Nanny. (laughs)
0: So as our listeners know, every episode, we do a Weird Al parody of the song of the week. And look, uh, you guys are smart people. You realize these weren't real Weird Al songs. I'm going to level with you. they what? were. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. I-, I hate to tell you this. I know you've-, you've been writing him fan letters saying how much you liked his Billy Joel songs, and they keep getting returned. But actually, these have been written by Weird Al's very, very distant cousin, Weird Alon. Huh. That's right. It's me, Weird Al's very, he doesn't know it, but uh, apparently we're somehow related. Oh. We're uh, distant Jewish relatives, perhaps. Anyway, uh, so from now on, this is going to be the Weird Alon parody corner. And uh, this this week's parody of Baby Grand is called Baby Ruth. Oh, perfect. I like it already. Here we go. got I get my uh,
1: my scratchy voice yeah, going. It's better when you sing. When I was listening back to the early ones and you're just saying it, it's not as fun.
0: Yeah, I know. But some of them are like so hard to sing.
1: Well, that's the fun part too. Yeah, as long as people appreciate how terrible the the sound is, but you know. as for women,
0: sorry, I couldn't.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not gonna try that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Late at night, when I'm hungry, I reach out for something crunchy. There's peanuts, and there's caramel. But the nougat was hard as hell. Oh, shoot. My baby Ruth broke my tooth. Hey, now.
1: <laughs> you know, that I like that weird Elon. He's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> He's a real talent. Baby Ruth, everybody. You should have had me do the duet on it. As <laughs> for candy balls. <laughs> Try that. I prefer. Oh, Henry, please. <laughs> <laughs> I originally tried writing it as 100 grand. That's my favorite. The $100,000 bar. Yeah,
0: that's my favorite candy bar, too. And also, it's more likely that that would break your tooth because those sometimes can get really that caramel can be hard as a rock. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Baby Grand. If you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a nice review. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. What other songs would you like to hear Billy and Alexa Ray sing together? Do you think the Jerusalem Post is the end all in music reviews? What's your favorite candy bar? Should Dave continue singing as for women in his apartment all alone? Or should he go get help? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. As
1: for women! They don't with just one man
0: But my baby grand Is gonna stand by me
1: dead and gone